0: Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast, Jeremy Warner, Illini Enquirer publisher here with you. And today on the podcast, we will focus entirely on Illinois against Purdue. An 11 a.m. kickoff, the home opener for Illinois and for the Illini trying to get the bad taste out of their mouths after a very disappointing 45-7 loss at Wisconsin. And for Purdue, they're trying to get off to a 2-0 start. After a disappointing 4-8 season last year, Purdue beats Iowa 24 4-20 to in their season opener without Rondale Moore, their best player, and without Jeff Brom, who was positive for COVID, uh, he was out last week. So Brian Brom, his brother, uh, was the play caller and acting head coach in that game, and Purdue still finds a way to get a win. And Purdue, with Wisconsin's issues with COVID right now, uh, could kind of look at this Big Ten West race and think they have a chance at this. Of course, Illinois has long thought that they could be in that race as well, uh, but a lot of doubters, of course, after a 45-7 loss at Wisconsin. And for these two programs, this is a little bit of a measuring stick game. These are two programs who, for the longest time, really most of this decade, have been towards the bottom of the Big Ten and especially their division, which is now the Big Ten West and Illinois last year beat Purdue as Purdue had a down year partly due to injuries but not entirely due to injuries and for Jeff Brom he's trying to show that the first two years of success getting to bowl games, getting in the top three of the Big Ten West um, that that will continue as he gets more and more of his recruiting classes in here and of course Illinois is looking to climb that ladder. Last year get up to fourth place in the Big Ten West and a division that seems up for grabs with a lot of parity in it uh, the Illini don't get off to a good start and obviously we'll looking to get that um, behind them and get a win and kind of cleanse their palate a little bit. But despite both their struggles here recently, Illinois has not had a lot of head-to-head success against Purdue. They haven't won back-to-back years since 2002. So as my friend Lonte likes to say, it's time for Illinois to update that stat. Purdue has won 11 of the last 15 games between these two teams, and they have won four straight in Champagne at Memorial Stadium, but between these two teams, they've only had three or no two top three division finishes uh, since 2012. And of course, Purdue has both those in 2017 and 2018. They finished tied for third and tied for second. Also, they have five of the last six last place finishes in the big 10 west so the big 10 west has been a thing uh for six years these two teams have accounted for five of the last place finishes northwestern last year was the first other program other than illinois and purdue to finish last so of course illinois has a lot to correct After their first game. We've talked about that with Jay Lehman yesterday on the podcast. Today, let's get more of an inside look at Purdue. Tom Deanhart covers Purdue for goldenblack.com. You probably know him. He's covered the Big Ten at large uh, for btn.com. And for other national outlets, Tom has covered uh, nationally college football. He knows Purdue really well. Uh, He's been in that area for a very, very long time. Let's get to know more about Jeff Brom's team Rondale Moore's status, the other star wide receiver on this team, and strides they're taking in the first year under defensive coordinator Bob Diaco. Tom Deanhart on Purdue, next on the Online Enquirer podcast. Welcome back into the Lana Enquirer podcast. And as we know, Illinois Purdue will go on as scheduled. Unlike Wisconsin's game with their current outbreak. And let's talk about the one and O one and O Boilermakers uh, who get a big win at Iowa in week one, despite not having Rondale Moore and joining us now is Tom Deanhart, rivals.com gold, black illustrated Tom. Thanks for joining us, man. How are you?
1: Good to hear your voice, Jeremy. Uh, again, uh, well, I tell you what, it's going to be a roller coaster week to week. Uh, as you said, though, as of now, Purdue's still slated to come to Champaign for game number two. And a lot of anticipation on both sides of the ball.
0: Yeah, Tom, before we get into what I think is a measuring stick game for both these programs that have been on down times for most of the last decade, um w- What a big win that is uh, against Iowa. What um, would you think of that? What was the biggest takeaway or biggest surprise of that 24-20 win over the Hawkeyes?
1: You know, uh, the fact that Jeff Brom wasn't there, Jeremy, of course, he was in a 10-day isolation after having a positive test for COVID-19. What an X factor, right? How's your team going to perform in the opener without its head coach, without its alpha dog, on the sideline, of course, Brian Brom, his brother, the offensive coordinator, co-offensive coordinator, took over. Call plays, ran the team, and, you know, went off without a hit. So I thought that was a, a huge takeaway. A good sign for Purdue's leadership within. Um, you know, personnel-wise, Jeremy, I think the play of, of, of David Bell continues to amaze uh, 13 catches, co-Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. And also, you know, while, while Bell was an easy headline, Jeremy, I think the defense – the play of the defense, new coordinator Bob Diaco was really key. A few big plays were allowed. They got off the field on third downs and they generated two turnovers. So, so far, so good for a defense that has to improve this year if Pretty wants to finish on the plus side of 500.
0: Obviously, the headline with Jeff Brom's program always going to be the offense, but I'm glad you, you mentioned the defense, Tom, because that, that was impressive. And I think it was the biggest question mark, right? After last year, getting a new defensive coordinator. You know you got talent up front with Lorenzo Neal and George Karloftis, and Karloftis is going to hear his name early in the twenty twenty two NFL draft probably. But what'd you see out of that back seven? Um, especially because that that and what'd you see from Bob Diaco and, and how he called the defense? Yeah, you know, it's sort of
1: a lot like Iowa's defense, honestly, It's more of a bend but don't break. They 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 too want to give up don't want to give up the big plays, make you earn your yards and your points by having meticulous multiplay drives. Um you talked about the line they say they're too deep across the front which is good and i think we saw some of that depth saturday you mentioned two of the stars um i tell you what may, maybe the biggest uh headliner aside from Loftus saturday was a junior college transfer named demarcus mitchell uh who was all over the field uh plays outside linebacker and also defensive end. Uh, he was a playmaker he's going to have to continue to be a playmaker as far as the back end, Jeremy, it's very good. I think has a chance to be special. A lot of veteran talent back there. One of the better cornerbacks in the Big Ten, Corey Trice. So there's a lot to work with there for Diaco moving forward.
0: Offensively, I think maybe some people were a little surprised that Aiden O'Connell won the quarterback job, a former walk-on that obviously had some good performances last year, uh, but he beats out Jack Plummer. Um, what did you see from O'Connell, and what does he bring at that quarterback position?
1: Yeah, Lincolnshire, Illinois, Stevenson High School kid, Jeremy, Chicago area. And this time last year, he was four-string. Now he's produced starting quarterback. A great story. He's not the most mobile guy, but uh, the staff likes his arm. He has the best arm of of, of the three guys who are competing for the job. You have to throw the ball downfield if you want to play Brahms offense and execute it, and and O'Connell can do that. He's also unflappable in the pocket. Uh, so again, th- those are some of his biggest traits, I think. Again, not the most nimble guy, but on Saturday, he showed enough niftiness in the pocket with his feet to buy time and let plays develop and to evade the rush. So there, there's a lot to build on Jeremy. You know, He started the last three games of 2019, showed some flashes then, and he's also shown the ability to rally Purdue to victories. He already has three comeback victories in his career, so there seemed to be a little magical, some intangible mojo about him too.
0: And he gets to throw to pretty good wide receiver crew, especially if Rondale were available. First of all, Tom, do do we know? Can you glean anything from the status of Rondale? It seems like Purdue's been pretty evasive about everything with that.
1: I think you summed it up perfectly, Jeremy. Uh, he's out. That's what we're told. That's all we're told. He's out. He's out. He was on the sidelines Saturday in street clothes Um You know, it's hard to get a read if he's healthy, if he's not healthy, if this is an off-field issue with, I don't know, dealings with an agent. Who knows? I mean, the speculations run rampant, and uh, the anxiety is running thin, or I should say high, as you can imagine, among the fan base. They want Rondale back on the field. So, you know, right now, who knows, my friend. Um, He's out. That's all we know. And, uh, you know, I I guess all I can say is uh, keep your binoculars out and see if you find him on the field during the warm-up Saturday. (laughs)
0: Well, no matter what, Tom, Purdue's got a number one wide out on the field, right? It's not like they're lacking for a big-time playmaker with David Bell there. Um, what, is, what has impressed you most with him? Like He's obviously different than Rondale, but how does Purdue use him, and why is he so effective?
1: He works on the outside, and uh, you know what? He he just catches everything. We talked to the, the wide receivers coach uh, this week, and, I asked him, what's the best thing David Bill does? And that was the first thing out of his mouth was he just catches the ball. He catches everything. He's not a blazer, um, but he's a competitor with great hands who does all the little things well and, and and works extremely hard. And, and again, the fact he's a competitor and has great hands and just productive. And you know what? He's, he always finds a way to get open. He's just one of those guys. Uh, plus, he's a good person as well. So, yeah, he's the linchpin right now without more. And, again, they, they've they got some other nice options at wide receiver. They want to continue to develop, and there should be no shortage of guys for O'Connell to look for on Saturday over Memorial Stadium.
0: I was going to say, Purdue threw it 50 times, um, and 13 of the 31 catches were were by David Bell, but that means 18 went elsewhere. Uh, even without Rondale, who are the other targets So, on that fans got to worry about?
1: And get this, too, Bell was targeted 21 times Saturday. Can <laughs> you believe that? Uh really his his sidekick was Milton Wyatt, a true sophomore from Louisville, built a lot like David Bell, six one, six two, two hundred pound kid coming on his hands have improved. A littler guy to Anderson, watch him working out of the slot. TJ Sheffield's a redshirt freshman they like and Jeremy. They even got a true freshman wide receiver on the field, sadly. A big kid from Detroit named Malik Carr. Almost looks like a tight end. Hmm. Six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds, if you can believe it. And they also they will throw to their running backs. Their top running back, King didn't play Saturday. He had a hamstring issue. <clears throat> We're not sure if he's going to be available. Uh, no worries, because uh, Xander Horvath took over almost a Mike Allstop miniature. <laughs> uh, just a bulky, strong guy who can catch the ball and run over people. He even leaped over a defender last week. So he's a nimble guy, sort of a throwback, almost like a fullback playing running back uh, for the Boilermakers. He, he may end up having to carry the load again, Saturday. Who knows?
0: I was going to ask you, uh, because, Tom, just to, just to give you some some background here, when I was in grade school, I had a Mike Allstott Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> jersey because he's from Joliet Catholic, and I'm from Manhattan, yep. Illinois, which is very close, and one of my friends' his cousin was Mike Allstott. So I just loved him. I loved the Bucks uniforms. I wore that thing out. Um, it, you know, the numbers are, are peeling off. I still have it in, in my closet. But Xander <laughs> Horvath, it is, it is hard – not to make that comparison, right? The the forty number playing that Purdue, yeah, he's kind of an old school guy in that backfield.
1: <laughs> You're exactly right. You weren't the only guy with the number of forty bucks jersey, I'm <laughs> sure. Um, I remember watching All Star at Purdue, obviously, and boy, uh, how many times my jaw dropped and I would watch that guy emerge from a pile, still running the ball when you thought for sure he was tackled. So the exploits of All Star Juliet Catholic are or legendary in West Lafayette down in Tampa, obviously. And you're right, Horvath, I'm not saying he's Mike Allstock, but he's got a lot of those same characteristics. And you said right down to the number. So he, he's a fun guy. And you know what? Jeremy, just like Aiden O'Connell, Horvath came to Purdue as a walk-on. Mm-hmm. He was headed to Indiana as a linebacker walk-on, came to Purdue. And again, that's two walk-ons that played big roles, two former walk-ons that played big roles for Purdue last weekend.
0: Just to get a, a bigger picture on Purdue, um, I mean, obviously they got to be happy after a week one win, but last year they, they dipped a little bit. I know Rondale's injury played a part. I know they had injuries uh, a lot last year, but they go 4-8. and eight. They lose to a team like Illinois at home in that monsoon. What What is this year for Purdue? How good can they be, or what are their expectations?
1: Yeah, Illinois embarrassed them last year. They said as much, really took it to Purdue. You know, it's funny not not to get off on a tangent, but I was doing some research. Pretty, I think, Jeremy's eight and two in its last ten trips to, to to Illinois, which is bizarre. They've had a lot of success playing over there. Um, this is, you know, like you said, last year was a disappointment, four and eight. Um, you mentioned the injuries; that obviously was a big part of it. Uh, that went well beyond Londale Moore's absence too. Um, you know, I'm not seeing this pressure on Brom to win, but I think people want to see some type of progress. I think when you look at the schedule, I think it's favorable. Cross division games with Indiana and Rutgers. I'm not saying that that's, that's light lifting, but it's better than playing Michigan, Ohio State. And I, I think there's a sense that that schedule can be accommodating, and you'd like to think in a nine game schedule, if Purdue can play nine games, that they can maybe finish five and four.
0: So Tom, what what is the what does this game mean for the Boilermakers, and what are the keys for them getting another win in Champaign?
1: Well, I've, both teams probably think they can win this game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you you have to win it. Like I said, if you want to finish over 500, if you're Purdue, I think. Um, so yeah, for, for them to win, they're gonna have to follow that same formula that I think they used against Iowa last week. They're, they're gonna have to be good up front on both sides of the ball, have some semblance of a ground game to keep the Illinois defense off balance, and they're still gonna be pass But you got to be able to run, especially in third and short and fourth and shorts. And defensively, like I said before. Um, don't give up the big plays. Make Illinois earn its points, and Purdue's going to have to get probably at least one or two turnovers as well.
0: So, just from the flip side of it, Tom, what do you think Illinois can try to attack? Like, what are Purdue's weaknesses?
1: I still think um, I still think you have to test that the back end of that defense. Um, I, like I said earlier, I think it can be very good, but it's still coming together. There's some new moving parts back there and they sprung some leaks last year. I know Bray, Brandon Peters struggled to throw the ball last week against uh, Wisconsin, but still, you have to take your shots downfield, I think, if you're, if you're Illinois, and see if you can stretch out that Purdue defense, then get your round ground game going, too. I know Illinois did nothing on offense. Mm-hmm. I think the only defense was, was on defense last week. So, again, stretch out that Purdue defense, and then try to run it, pound it at the Boilermakers as well. If you get Mike Epstein or somebody rolling, Maybe the, the offense can come to life for Illinois.
0: Uh, kudos to Brian Brom, right? Uh, his first win as an acting head coach. Um, uh, what's it mean to have Jeff back, though, this week? It's
1: big. You know, uh, Brian's personality was a 180 from Jeff. Anybody who's seen a Purdue game knows how demonstrative Jeff is on the sideline, very emotional, likes to yell, shall we say. <laughs> Brian is just a calm, calm, cool customer. So it was a different personality, but still, yeah. Having Jeff back is big. He's your leader. He's the cult of personality, as they say. It all orbits and spins around Jeff, and and yet to have him back, I don't think can be uh, understated. Uh, so, again, that ship of by Purdue with a little bit left going on the road for the first time this year.
0: Tom Deanhart, follow him on Twitter, at TomDeanhart1, covers Purdue for goldenblack.com. Tom, can't, can't thank you enough, man. Good to talk with you.
1: Hey, you too, Jeremy. I appreciate it, buddy.
0: Great stuff as always from Tom Deanhart, Goldandblack.com. Always appreciate his insight. I think this is a winnable game for Illinois. I watched, you know, the condensed highlights of the Purdue game and Aiden O'Connell is going to give you some chances. He's going to give you some chances. He had two interceptions against Iowa, probably should have had one or two more. Uh, Iowa got their hands on a couple passes, weren't able to get those. Um, I think David Bell is fantastic. Xander Horvath is really tough to bring down, so you're going to have to tackle. And I do think Purdue's defense looks improved. Loftus is going to be a very high draft pick in a couple of years. Lorenzo Neal is a really good Big Ten player, and Tom mentioned some of the other players, the JUCO players that they've added, uh, who really helped them. But the Illinois offense should have some opportunities here. It's on Rod Smith to put these guys in position to succeed, and it's on these players to win some one-on-one battles. I think the Illinois offensive line should be able to run against this Purdue team. Uh, Iowa had 195 yards rushing, and to be honest with you, I think Illinois... Well, Iowa is known for its offensive line. I think Illinois should have an offensive line that is close to that. I think Illinois has has some explosive running backs uh, that need to get the ball. And I think Brandon Peters uh, can find a lot of success on the ground. I wrote today about how Illinois needs to embrace Brandon Peters as this dual-threat quarterback and that maybe that can open up some running lanes for the other running backs. Maybe it can soften the defense a little bit on the back end. But you got to get the tight ends involved. Um, now, do you have to target Luke Ford 10 times? No, but you got to get those guys involved. Daniel Barker, Luke Ford. We'll see if Daniel Matorbebe is healthy for this one. Uh, but you also got to be able to find Donnie DeVaro when he's open you got to be able to target people other than Josh and Matt Torbebe. And when you do target Josh and Matt Torbebe, he and Peter's got to connect. Whether it's Peter's throwing it accurately or Josh and Matt Torbebe coming down with a catch. He had a few drops the other day. Uh, they have to tighten things up here, of course. Uh, but I think Illinois has got a chance to win this game. But Purdue is good enough to maybe not do what Wisconsin did, but they can put up points on you. They're going to air it out and you got to get a pass rush we'll see if isaiah gay is available for this game i asked levy smith and he didn't want to answer that But uh, we'll see if Isaiah Gay is there, but uh, Lovey Smith's going to have to dial up some pressure. I do feel like Illinois' run defense will do pretty well. I do think this uh, secondary can keep things in front of them as long as they don't make those huge busts in in the back end. And I wonder if there's a personnel change, if Quan Martin starts over Derek Smith, or if Derek Smith corrected the things, Sidney Brown corrected the things on the back end. Because Illinois did tackle well against wisconsin you just got to keep things in front of you and force aiden o'connell to put together long drives and to hopefully take advantage of those mistakes that he probably will make and certainly did against iowa and iowa didn't take full advantage of those mistakes and credit to Purdue's defense diaco like lovey smith has a has a real focus on takeaways uh and, and mike epstein's early fumble was a bad omen for illinois but it also put the illinois defense in a bad spot and it you know illinois after a first down throw to josh from watson or it ruined some rhythm for them and put them behind right away which obviously this team uh, does not want to have hopefully you enjoyed the podcast for the latest news and insight on illinois football and basketball including a big-time visit, unofficial visit for top 75 recruit and guard. Ty Ty Washington, Derek Piper, and Brian Snow have been all over that. Check out the latest at the site. You can get 50% off right now a VIP pass for a year. That's more than $50 savings. So the latest in the line of basketball recruiting there. As I said, I got my piece on Brandon Peters running quarterback up today. So all the latest there at Illini Inquirer. We'll have our preview and picks for this Purdue game coming up as well. As always, appreciate it. You listen to the Illini Enquirer podcast, if you don't already, subscribe to us, rate us, review us, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate that. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time, right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast.